Hello, hello, and welcome to Art House Garage, Arkansas's art house podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Sweatman, and today I'm bringing you a special bonus interview episode. This Saturday, June 24th, 2023, the Arkansas Cinema Society is hosting a screening here in Little Rock of the 2018 Spike Lee film, Black Klansman, starring John David Washington and Adam Driver. Details and ticket info are in the show notes. Black Klansman also features an Arkansas actor named Ashley Atkinson. She plays Connie in the film, and she will be at the screening this Saturday for a Q&A after the film. I was also thrilled to get to speak with Ashley myself for just a few minutes about Black Klansman, Spike Lee, her acting career, and taking on challenging roles. So, without further ado, here is my interview with Ashley Atkinson. I'm here with Ashley Atkinson, actor, writer, producer, and roller derbier. Ashley, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Andrew. I'm so happy to be here. And it's really nice. I've been in Arkansas for a couple of weeks now, and I'm really happy to be back. Yeah, that's great. It's, you know, I obviously I live here too and love when there's great talent from here, working here. So, yeah excited to have you around. Um, well, I have a couple questions to ask you as we get ready for this screening coming up uh, this weekend. Um, you have a lot of acting credits to your name. Black Klansman, obviously, The Wolf of Wall Street, Mr. Robot, tons of TV shows, 30 Rock, Boardwalk Empire, Jessica Jones. I could go on. So lots <laughs> of work that you've done and, and you're from right here in Little Rock. So my first question is, how did you get your start acting? Um, well, I when when I was in uh, fifth grade, my family um, found out about the Summer Theater Academy at the Arkansas Arts Center, which was a six-week summer program at the time. Um, I had already had an interest in acting by second grade at Pulaski Academy. I was, um, there was a play about unicorns, and I remember that there was <laughs> a unicorn that everyone else wanted to be that was really sweet and won the race or whatever. And then there was this really <laughs> snarky, awful unicorn uh, that all had all the best lines. And I remember even as like an eight-year-old being like, why does nobody want to be this unicorn? This unicorn is clearly the unicorn to be. Um, and I remember getting my first laugh from like parents in that, show that you know we just did in our classroom and i remember being like oh <laughs> uh, uh there's a, a augustine burroughs writes this thing about how like the first time you get applause or a laugh or something that it like reroutes your mental circuitry mm, wow. so that uh you if you're that sort of person you crave it all the time <laughs> <laughs> and i think that's how i felt about getting that first laugh i was like Ooh, ooh, surely will be problematic. I'm just going to need that every <laughs> couple hours for the rest of my life. No biggie. Um, so I then did uh, Oliver at my school uh, as a high school play, but they let me be in it even though I was in fifth grade uh, as the Artful Dodger. Oh, cool. And then I went to summer theater for four years, and that's really where I, I caught the bug in a big way. You know, um, uh, it's so funny. I'm sitting here at Argenta and uh, my friend Wyatt Hamilton, who's the TD for this program that I'm working on this summer, just walked past the windows on his way back to the 
other space. And Wyatt and I met at Summer Theater Academy mm, wow. when I was 10 and he was 11. And we've been friends for 35 years and we're writing partners and we're working on this project together. And we're also producing another project together later in the summer. So really uh, the art center in a lot of ways uh, was the seed from which so much of my life has sprung. Wow. That's amazing. Those early connections still being meaningful to yeah. your career. That's oh, and then I went to Hendrix um, and uh, from Hendrix went to the neighborhood playhouse uh, on the recommendation of one of my uh, classmates that graduated the year before me, Tad McCullough, and on the recommendation of my mentor, Rosemary Hindenburg. And I did a two-year program there. And then I stayed and I started working. I got my first acting job six months after that. Hmm. And I just stayed. Amazing. And yeah, how many credits later? Incredible. And and now you're, in, well, a few years back now, but Black Klansman, how did that come about? I know that you previously appeared in another Spike Lee film with Inside Man. Um, how did you get the part in, in Black Klansman? I did. Uh, Spike is really great about working um about being sort of a, a loyal director. I mean, he owes me no loyalty, obviously, <laughs> but it's really nice. Um, over the years, he's called me for this, that, and the other um, since uh, using me an inside man. Uh, I am, like, I'm voiceover uh, on some of the looping in Miracle at St. Anna. And mm -hmm. I was in the audience, uh, one of the people lucky enough to get invited to uh, watched uh, when he recorded a Broadway play uh, by an artist named Stu that was incredible. Um, and I've auditioned for him multiple times over the years. It's never really, it had never really worked out. Or I either wasn't what he needed or was committed to another. There was one time when I was committed to another project already. Um, but this one, uh, I got the audition. Uh, this is funny. I got the audition. And usually when you get an audition, you get like, uh, who's directing it and who's casting it and what it's called. But this was just called 311, which was the working title for it because they were keeping it hush hush. And it was just the scene of me in bed with my husband. Uh, that's a really messed up scene. And so I read it devoid of context and I sent a very angry email to my agent and I was like um I don't know what this white supremacist BS is but um I don't really understand I thought you knew me why did you send me this I don't get it and my agent wrote back with three words which a three-word email which was it's Spike Lee, <laughs> and I'm immediately went back, and I was like, "Oh, so uh, Tuesday at four? Okay, we're I think in, you yeah. Said, yeah, that'll be great. Tuesday Amazing. at four will be great. No problem. I just yeah. trust the man, you know. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. I I trust uh, his outlook and his taste, and I just love working with him anytime I can. And so, even though it was a little scary mm -hmm. the content of the role was very scary um i was thrilled yeah 
to be able to work with him. And the audition was really scary and fun, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to ask if you were nervous to take on a role like that, but it sounds like you pretty much already answered, but it's, it, it, I was thinking about like, obviously like being in a Spike Lee film is itself an act of anti-racism. I, I think you could argue, but so I well, wonder if you were yeah, nervous to take on a role that you're playing this kind of and character. It's, and it's not even just like being in a Spike Lee film. It's the idea that like, we can't let white. And I mean, this is something that's got coming up with like critical race theory now, right? Mm -hmm. Like we can't let, white discomfort mm. with history uh, inhibit black storytellers from telling black truth. Mm -hmm. um, I have a friend who is Persian, who's a stuntman and an actor. And I told him about the character and he was like, Ooh, everybody's going to hate you. <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah, I mean, Yes, they should, honestly. Um, but also, like, you, I feel like you tell me you're auditioning to play terrorists, like, mm -hmm. a lot. And he's like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, like, once a week. Wow. You know, he's like, I go in and he's like, I play terrorists all the time because he also does stunts. So he's on, you know, the blacklist or whatever, doing mm -hmm. these, like, jobs. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, I do it all the time. And I'm like, right, but if we're talking about domestic terrorists, in the United States, yeah, they look more like me than they do you, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I think that's something we have to reckon with. It doesn't, I felt very honored mm -hmm. to be asked yeah. to occupy this space. And um, it was uh, a lot of work. Uh, but I'm really, really proud of the work that we did. And the film is beautiful. Not even, I mean, not even my stuff. Like the three scenes I think of most are not mine. I think of the scene where Corey Hawkins is um, leading the Black Panther meeting. Mm -hmm. uh, his speech is amazing. Yeah, and then so there are those beautiful chiaroscuro sort of faces lifted out of the darkness that yeah, sort of appear yeah. in isolation that I love. Um, the late, great Mr. Harry Belafonte's story, which is so simple and clear and to me, just like one of the most brutal, hmm. quietly brutal scenes I've ever seen. It's just so tragic and he does it so simply and beautifully. And then the dance sequence um, yeah. which is just the most beautiful expression of joy and community. Mm. And I love that the movie takes the time to show how this uh, community works together mm. in the face of these uh, idiot <laughs> oppressors, mm -hmm. basically. Yeah. Yeah, Spike Lee really, I think, is one of one of the great directors, period. And uh, so always excited to attend any screening of any of his films. So I'm so excited this is yeah. coming here this week. And well, I was going to ask you, too, like, as someone from Arkansas, how do you feel like being a Southerner has affected your career? Oh, that's really interesting. Uh, he made me, uh, Spike made me call the hogs twice on set, which <laughs> oh, really. And I was telling this to a friend of mine, and 
she was like, well, did anyone do it with you? And I was like, no, I mean, they don't know it. None of them are from Arkansas. They don't know it. And she looked at me and she said, the first time. And I was like, oh, what? I, it had not occurred to me that obviously by the second time, they know what anyone it is. Anyone could do it, yeah. No one. They were like, nope, she can do that by herself. Oh it's gosh. fine. Um, I think... Um, no one's ever asked me this question. I think that's really great. Uh, I think I had to get accustomed to a fast pace and uh, a promptness that maybe wasn't culturally what I was used mm -hmm. to. That's interesting. But I do think that we, uh, I mean, it's hard to make statements about all southerners right so i can only sort of make it about the culture in general but i do think that we have a deep affinity for our characters mm -hmm. in the south in a way that a lot of places don't i think that we pride ourselves on our real life characters like the people you know oh that's Ms. Ada. Mm -hmm. Ms. Ada, you know uh was supposed to get married and then she ended up shooting him. She did a little time. She came out. It's fine. You know, whatever. Like, oh, you know, all of these stories <laughs> mm -hmm. of the people that um, inhabit our communities and our towns and the people we know. I think we we have love for them. And the more singular they are, the more we love them. And mm -hmm. I think that is a great introduction to characterization and how to build a character. Mm -hmm. um, I found that very helpful. Um, also, I think um, because I wasn't, because I grew up in the South, I feel very comfortable not being in, because I grew up a kid that like wasn't a beautiful, thin, blonde child or whatever. Like I wasn't, right, right. Um, I, I was never what I would call um southern conventional attractive i guess sure. is sort of yeah. the term those outdated um, modes of beauty and all that yeah yeah well i think there can be a very narrow concept of beauty mm. down here sometimes That's and yeah. uh when i got up to new york i was like oh oh okay great so like there are people that think i'm cute here okay that's <laughs> that's amazing yeah. mm. um but also i because I didn't grow up near a professional acting market, mm. I had a childhood. Mm. I, yeah. I had a life. I got to de to develop other interests and become a fully fledged person before I embarked on a professional career. And a lot of people are sort of pushed into professional careers when they're young and i think that can be really damaging sometimes i love and that I'm perspective yeah go ahead that. yeah no, i was gonna say i love that perspective because i think so often people think oh i didn't start young enough i didn't do whatever young enough but like it's actually a great boon to be able to have that childhood have that early life before you get into that career that's amazing absolutely absolutely if you wanted enough 
the the work will be there in different capacities you know everybody just defines success differently but there are many ways to be a successful performer yeah. you know that's amazing that's beautiful i love that well i know we're almost out of time i was gonna ask you really quick what are you working on now that you can tell us about okay so right now i've got two projects that are happening here um right now i am directing high school musical two okay. junior at act up for argenta uh which is the children's summer program here from ages eight to 18 uh, and that will go up the 29th and 30th of june and then i've got a really exciting project that i'm producing with my friend wyatt hamilton um we are bringing the 24-hour plays to Little Rock. So it's going oh, to be cool. the first ever Little Rock installment of the 24-hour plays. The 24-hour plays are a event that I've been doing on and off since 2005 in New York City. They were established in 1995 in New York City. And the idea is it's six writers, six directors, about 24 actors, creating six original short plays that are cast, conceived, written, rehearsed, and performed all in a 24-hour span. Wow. The writers write overnight. Uh, the the uh, actors and directors picked up, pick up their scripts at 8 in the morning, and then they rehearse all the way to showtime at 7 p.m., which will be uh, main stage at the Rep wow. on July 31st. And tickets are on sale now. You can just go to rep.org slash 24-hour and get your tickets they're 30 dollars. no one is getting paid all of the net proceeds are going to tornado relief mm. through the uh, arkansas red cross we're really hoping to get some good money to the folks in our community who are still struggling yeah um driving around here seeing um the houses gone the trees gone the businesses destroyed it's really sobering and we just felt like we wanted to do something and uh, we had also been talking about the possibility of doing this. So it seemed like, like a great marriage of, of uh, ideas yeah. there. That's incredible. Yeah. It was a scary day when that tornado came through. It was pretty, pretty close to my house. Yeah. So, Ooh, so many people gosh. were affected. Yeah. I bet. Well, that is incredible. I'll link to that rep link in the show notes as well. And I know you're out of time. Thanks Thank you so much. much for joining us today. I'm so excited for the screening Saturday again for listeners Thank briefly. Yeah, that's this Saturday, June 24th at 630 at the Arkansas Museum of Fine Arts, that beautiful new building here in Little Rock. Tickets are at ArkansasCinemaSociety.org. Ashley, thanks for talking with me today. I wish you all the best and you're welcome back on the podcast anytime. Thank you so much, Andrew. When I have, There are a couple of things I couldn't talk about today. And when I'm allowed oh, yes. to, please, I will call please, you. Please, please, please. Yes, absolutely. I love absolutely. it. All right. Thanks, Ashley. All right. Have a great day. You too.